0: my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen.
1: Talk. We're like somewhere out doing some conference or some retreat. The one, the only Father Michael Schmitz, of course, Bible in a Year, and now coming out in January, Catechism in a Year. So we're at the Good News Conference in Phoenix, and good to see you again. Thank you.
2: Good to
3: see you too.
1: And are you going to be talking about the Catechism program here, or you're more witnessing and, and encouraging and, and talking about other things?
3: Right. I'm not specifically going to be talking about the Catechism. I, I'll mention it, I think, because I think it's worth mentioning. It's going to be. It's going to be. A, it's a really big project, and it'll be a lot of fun.
1: So starts kind of explain the rollout for oh, yeah.
3: So, you know, so when I first contacted Ascension and I had the idea of the Bible in a year, this was maybe back in 2020, yeah, in um, April of 2020, um, I said, what do you think about the idea of a Bible and catechism in a year? And they said, okay, yeah, we'll think about it, you know, consider it. And then they came back and said, we, need, we would need to separate those two. It's just so much, so much content. And so they were right. Um, and so we did the Bible uh, and then, but the catechism was always, kind of a, one of the, it was like always in the chamber in that sense of like a real possibility. And so then for the last year, the team at Ascension has been working on how do we roll this out in a way that is uh, really intelligent? So Jeff Cavens, having done the Bible the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, right, right. had 30 years of teaching the Great Adventure, Great Adventure mm-hmm. Timeline. And so that was really easy to say, okay, we can take all the stuff that he's done and stretch it out to a full year. Um, but we don't have didn't have anybody on the team who's been doing like the catechism timeline or something like this, and so that team has just has has yeah been incredible. They actually even developed an Ascension catechism, so it's all the same. I just word. got it. It's, it's great. It's, it's in a it's, great. It's
1: really great. It
3: yeah, and I, I, I'm so. It's, it's. I love using it. Yeah. Um. This you know color coded. There's ribbons. There's all these things. Um. But the idea is starting January first, a couple of paragraphs a day, um, with some hopefully some commentary that is helpful. Um. The the challenge for me has been that the Bible's a story, obviously. And following the great adventure, you always follow the story and you never lose track of the story. And the Catechism is not a story. Um, And not only that, the Bible grabs you from the beginning. right? We started with Genesis and these amazing chapters and then Job, which is just really deep. And the catechism starts out, okay, so what is a catechism? Why the catechism? And it is takes a little bit of time. So I'm just inviting all the people who will be listening to just give it some time. In fact, I, I would say give it two weeks, and it'll be like, okay, I get it now. And... Uh, off to the races because now I'm, I'm recording to get ahead of time, I get ahead of things, and uh, it's so good. It just yeah. is so rich.
1: Well, it's the core of our faith, and yeah. we just we're just celebrating the anniversary of the catechism. Yeah. so it's 30 years already, right? Mm-hmm. So what a great thing to do. Did you plan it that way, or it just kind of no, it just, happened? It, yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah,
3: it just happened that way. Yeah. And but it is. It is. Uh, I love how Jeff talks about it. Um, he considers. Um, he said the catechism is not an encyclopedia; it is an invitation. And I really, really appreciate that because yeah. I think how we approach, how I approach in the past, the approach to the catechism is yeah, it's a reference book and there's a lot of the content of the faith there, summary of the faith, but to see it through the lens of invitation mm-hmm. is, I think, um, it's much better because one of the things we always say for our, our RCIA class is we're going to give you information. But this class is not about information. It's about transformation. Right. And we're giving you data, but it's not about data. It's about conversion, about real holiness of yeah. life. And ultimately, that's my hope for people when it comes to the catechism. Is just, I don't want to just learn stuff about God. I want to learn things about the one I love.
1: I was just going to say that because when they fall in love with Jesus, they have, they have that meeting, mm-hmm. they get the mercy, and then they go on that mission to find out more about that person and, and to get more involved and to go out and do their own efforts that God wants them to do. So the catechism, though, is so rich and you, you think about everything that's in there. For me, someone who was always referencing it on air, especially, for example, the media. There's so much yeah. in the catechism about the media in terms of how to use the media, social communications. It's every single area of life. You can look at the index in the catechism, and it's in there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's, right? it's remarkable. It's, and that, that's the thing is like we you have to kind of work to get there. I mean, there are some spots at the very beginning talking about divine revelation, talking about mm-hmm. what is faith and what's that yeah, man's response to God's invitation and, all, and his self-revelation. <laughs> But once you get keep getting deeper and deeper, and that's I, one of the reasons why I keep praying that people give uh the catechism more than just right. you know a couple days more than just even a couple weeks because you wouldn't get to the place where you're talking about media until right.
1: later well on. that's where well, that's way 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 into it, and yeah. also I think that all the chapters on uh on sexuality too are really right. really, really important right. and so they explain so much Give the moral right. life yeah. yeah so
3: that's the third pillar, yeah and so that's here you are you know well well beyond um uh over halfway into the year, and so, but and yet, the thing that I so striking is the first pillar is on the creed, and so there's this piece about not only what God has done for us, mm-hmm. but there's also God in Himself, Yeah. and that's that's this incredible mystery. How often do we get to learn about God in Himself, mm-hmm. not just what God has done for us, although that's incredible, right? But just to meditate on God, this is who, I mean, the, this the, the is depth of mystery, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it's I mean usually sermons don't go there homilies don't go there we don't necessarily get exposed to teaching that just talks about who god is in himself and so it i think this is going to be really revolutionary for so many people
1: so how do you how do you recommend i know we only have a little bit of time but people listen to it because you take it in and then you should really uh, ponder on it or chew on yeah. it right afterwards
3: yeah so uh, we so when it came to the bible in here it was welcome here's an intro script make sure you like and subscribe or whatever the thing is um then have the reading and then a prayer and then the commentary. For this, we knew that it would be different. For this, we knew that um, here's an intro, but before we read the content, we wanted to set up the content. Like, here's what you're going to hear. Because when you know, oh, I just heard the story of Noah, now the next story is going to be, you know, Abraham yeah. and go, moving on from there. But this, you might not know what you're going to get if you don't have the catechism in front of you. You have no idea. There's, there's, there's no context any day. And so we have an intro. And then it's, okay, here's what you're going to hear today, and then here's the reading, and then here's what you just heard. And so it's really trying to, um, like, really set up the, you know, tee up the ball, read and proclaim what the Catechism itself says, and then try to make sense of it and try to apply it to our lives.
1: So based on the success, and I mean success by the outreach, which is the good news that so many people tuned in to the Bible in a year, are you hoping this is going to be as popular? Do you think it will?
3: I mean, that would be... That would probably be a stretch, I think, because for the Bible, there are so many people who contact me on a regular basis still who are not Catholic, um, who are listening to the Bible, and I don't know that you'd have as many non-Catholics as interested in the Catechism. Hopefully, many are. I really, really hope and pray that they are, but I think um, that—and also this, I think that there's a lot of people, Catholics included, who had always wanted to read the Bible, um, the whole thing. I don't know if if there's as many who have always wanted to To read read the the catechism. catechism.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so,
3: but but then again, at the same time, at the same time, we didn't anticipate. That people would respond to the but bible i, I like think from
1: a media perspective you've built up a lot of trust with an right. audience so right. i think that there's a lot of weight in that so don't sell yourself too well, short just, there you father know, you know okay. god do the work listen i know you have to go sign books and i don't want to scare you but there's like five thousand people in line or something like yes. that <laughs> i don't know what it's but you'll be you'll be there until midnight until you have to leave but great to see you again really and you're welcome too. on the show anytime thank
3: you so much and we'll see we you. each other this august I, I
1: know that well we i saw you on the screen did a great job on Thanks. the talk <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll be in person in
3: next year, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we're coming back for Mackinac, right. which is almost sold out, by the way. So, is it really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So August 6th, next year, August yeah. of 23, with Father Michael Schmitz, Deacon Domini, Mackinac Island. He's here at the Good News Cruise now, and we got to let him go. I've got to go. Great to see you.
4: People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. I'm angry,
0: frustrated, sound like you, someone you know, well, it could be any of us from time to time, but there's different types of anger. It's not so cut and dry. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Ray. One thing is for sure. You don't need to suffer with anger, frustration in my book, Living Calm, Mastering Anger and Frustration. You'll learn whether your anger is a product of your nature or your nurture and how to regulate those emotions and those thoughts. You can get Living Calm and all my other books at AveMariaRadio.net.
3: Welcome to Spirit of Stewardship, Jeremy Belsky is your host for real life stories, encouragement and ideas to enhance your own gifts
5: of work, wealth and wisdom in response to God's blessings for you. I'm Jeremy Belsky and today's topic is Eucharistic Stewardship, bringing Christ to people and people to Christ. Question, do you believe Jesus to be truly present in the Eucharist? If you are a Catholic then your answer should be a resounding yes. The pivotal act of stewardship through our Christian faith as Catholics is to bring Christ to people and people to Christ. As Catholics, the number one way to ultimately achieve this way of life is through receiving the Eucharist. The minimum requirement of receiving Jesus through the Eucharist coincides with the third commandment, keep holy the Sabbath, and thus receiving communion at Mass. But if you want to go above and beyond what's expected, then perhaps consider making daily communion a top priority, or encourage others to make this positive change with you. The sacraments of Holy Communion and Reconciliation are two of the most powerful and transforming ways to bring you closer to the love, peace, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Another act of stewardship to bring one into communion with Christ might initially start by first bringing that person into the Catholic faith. Since the Eucharist is the focal point of our faith, Your knowledge of the Eucharist is important. However, that's where priests in the RCI program can assist in explaining our faith and the role of the Eucharist. In summary, spend some time in prayer to discern how the Eucharist can play a greater role in a stewardship way of life for you or for someone you care. This is Jeremy Belsky, your host for Spirit of Stewardship.
3: To learn how you can better share your talents and resources, contact your local parish priest. Your level of involvement in the church now positively impacts our faith in the future.
4: Uh,
6: started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from
0: the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, Immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000. And they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much.
4: EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic.
1: Welcome back, Catholic Connection. Always great to catch up with my friend Edward Shree, Dr. Edward Shree. Needless to say, he's done so much. He continues to do so much for the Catholic faith. And being that Deacon Dom and I work a lot in the er area of marriage ministry, now that we've been a deacon couple for 10 years, Dom ordained in 2012, we find ourselves doing more and more retreats for both the diaconate couples who are in formation and diaconate couples who are already working in ministry side by side and just so appreciate the honesty and the realness in terms of what people are facing. And that's why the book that Dr. Shree wrote with his wife, Beth, The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful is so important. So when he came on a while ago, if you recall, to introduce this book, uh, I was chuckling and telling Dom about it and then I told uh, Ed or Ted that we have to come back on because there's so much to dissect and discuss. So the book again is The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life by Edward and Beth Shree. So, Ted, good morning. Thanks for joining us again and taking the time out. It's published by Ascension Press. What I really think is important about this book is you were addressing the situation that you and your wife were really good Catholics. I mean, you you believed in the faith, you had a purpose, and yet life can still impact us, correct?
7: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, we thought we were, you know, we're committed. We pray every day. We go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. We were going to daily Mass, so we just thought, you know... Marriage, you know, I'm sure there's crosses and challenges, you know, but we're, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it the Catholic way, so we won't have all the problems everybody else does, (laughs) and the Lord mocked us, (laughs) you know, because I think this is just the issue is that we all bring in our own weaknesses to our marriages. We we all have original sin. We're wounded, (laughs) you know, And, and then we bring in our own vices, our own hurts from our past. All these things, and that, that's, you know, no matter how beautiful the ceremony, no matter how beautiful the dress and the tuxedo, uh, grace builds on nature. And as my wife often says, our nature has a lot of fissures in it, there's a lot of cracks in it, and, and, and that's going to emerge in the marriage relationship where there's going to be times where we're, we're disappointed, we're, we're hurt, we're not communicating well. Uh, some marriages go through greater crises, but all marriages go through these struggles. And we have these seasons, you know, we call it the dark night of marriage, <laughs> you know, where, where yeah. things are like, it's just not clicking well. And, and we just want to tell couples that's normal. Like, don't don't press the panic button. This means the sacrament is working. When we have those cracks, those fissures in our human nature, and, and they're coming to the surface, God wants to fill those cracks with His love, and He's bringing them to our attention. And He's using the, the, the intense relationship of marriage and family life, to to draw attention to it so that he can heal us. Uh, And that's the the hope, the encouragement we want to give all couples uh, who struggle, as, as we've been giving these talks and talking to couples who've been married 20, 30 years. You know, they all laugh and they smile and they see how their love has been transformed, taken to a whole different level precisely through these little challenges and bigger challenges that come up in great life.
1: You know, it's so it's so funny when when you're talking about this. I'm thinking of a scene from uh, the sitcom that's in rerun land now. Everybody loves Raymond, and when uh, Robert and Amy got married, and they were so in love, and they were newlyweds, and they have one of their first dinners at the apartment, and then Ray and, and Deborah come in, and then of course Ray's parents, uh, Frank and and um, Marie Barone, and the you know the, the the newlywed couple are just talking about how happy they are and how joyous, and Marie looks at them, she goes, "You're newlyweds. God bless you. You know nothing." <laughs> 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 Boom! You know, then she talks about going through married life and and what it means and the ups and the downs, and it was just it was just very interesting. But it pops into my head because there there is that 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 honeymoon phase, right, that we go through in marriage.
7: Yeah, I, I in fact I, I I like to say that the best marriage prep can't really prepare you for for what you're going to encounter. You know, you and I've been involved in marriage prep programs right. and things, right? We want to do the best we can there, but in the end you're going to be thrown in the deep end into this mystery of the other person, the mystery
4: of your own
7: self and your own weaknesses and all. And and, and it's messy, and and nothing can really get you ready. So I think, and Pope Francis actually put his finger on this a number of years ago, that we need to do more in the Church for ongoing marriage formation, because it's it's really like three years into your marriage, you know, a couple of kids in your marriage. That's when you need the help the most. And so, yeah, you come in, and there's this honeymoon phase. You're excited, you know, and, and I think... You know, I think a lot of couples, what happens is when they face these challenges, you know, maybe seven, 17 years in their marriage, they remember the past. They say, well, we need to go back. You know what? We don't have those strong feelings like we used to. We, we, you know, we, didn't, we don't do all these fun things like we used to. And I think that's actually dangerous because that initial love that God used to bring the couple together was good. It served a purpose at that time. But we don't want to go backwards. We always want to be looking forward. How is God inviting me to love? in this new circumstance, with this stressful job, or with all these kids, or with a health issue, or, um, you know, a, a psychological issue emerging, some, some counseling that's needed. You know, like, right now, in the, in God is inviting me to love Beth in, in new ways, and in deeper ways. And I don't want to go backwards and go, oh, let's just do date night again like we always used to. You know, yeah, we go on date night, and we do things, but, but I think couples fall in this danger of comparing their present marriage to how things were when they were falling in love when they were engaged and they're disillusioned, we want to look forward and and forge that deeper love that's not all about the romantic feelings, but is about commitment, it's about sacrifice, and there's a greater stability, uh, a stronger foundation in that kind of a a marriage union.
1: We're talking to Dr. Ted Shree. The new book is The Good, The Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life, co-authored with his beautiful wife Beth. And you guys are married how long?
7: 23 years.
1: Wow. Wow. God bless you! Congratulations, Dom, and I just celebrated thirty-nine years.
7: One? Oh my goodness, you're getting ready for the big forty coming yep, up.
1: Yep, yep. Of course, I was married. I was one of those Italian fixed marriages. I was two at the time. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to go to confession after the show. But I want to get back to the point you just made about not getting stuck in the past. I do think remembering why God brought you together in the first place is good. But then I think you have to apply that and build on it. And also, if you've made it, because Deacon Domini, and, and you know our story, we had many struggles and came close to divorce twice, even separated at one point briefly for a couple of weeks. But when we look at those sad times in our life but realize how god was there it's kind of like you know the book of job or other stories in the bible where god tells us look i was there or that famous poem footprints where were you you know i see one set of footprints and god says to the man questioning that's when i carried you so i think in that way it's good to look back but also to remember how and why you came together in the first place and then build on the life you've created
7: yeah, what you're saying, Teresa, is a both-and here. It reminds you of something St. John Paul II said, actually. He says the same God that brought the couple together in marriage, so you know, remembering that past, that God brought us together. He brought us together for a reason. That same God that brought us together continues to call us in marriage. In other words, like, so it's, it's a both-and. So we, we have the confidence, okay, God brought us together You know, 23 years ago, 39 years ago. So God brought us together, and he knew way back then, all of those challenges we were going to face,
1: mm-hmm. he knew
7: about that financial stress, he knew about that difficulty with one of the kids he knew about uh that the the you know brokenness in your marriage that was going to come up, you know those dark points he knew all of those struggles, and yet he still called us, so that gives me confidence. I remember the past, God united us together, knowing everything we were going to face, and so now, no matter how dark the situation is, no matter how much I feel like. You know, he's never going to change, and she just won't ever understand, and we're never going to have, have that close friendship like we used to. Like, we can fall into this despair. That's the devil putting those lies in our head. Because, no, that God, God knew that this was going to happen. God knew I would feel really hurt right now or feel disappointed right now or feel a little far emotionally distant from my spouse. He knew this would happen, and he's inviting us right now to work on it. And, he, and, and, and the other great comforting thing is he gives us grace. There are special graces in the sacrament of matrimony that are available to us, and I think many Catholics don't call upon the grace of their marriage and say, "Jesus, I don't feel close to my spouse. I don't know how to communicate to my spouse. I don't know how to share with them this difficulty. I'm despairing. You know, Jesus, help me." Like I don't think they turn to the grace of the sacrament that united Jesus and the Church, that union of Christ and the Church in the darkest moment in human history when. Humanity rejected the Savior and killed him on the cross, that, that, and Jesus was still faithful. And that moment of, of our own darkness and difficulties in married life, there's real graces available that help us have hope and courage no matter what challenges we're facing. And that's where you're you're really building that strong union, not just based on emotions and feelings and attraction. Nothing wrong with all that. But there's a deeper union that's rooted in Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So do you think some couples who go into a marriage with a strong faith get frustrated when things start to go a little bit, you know, not as as smoothly as they thought they would because they had that faith? Does that affect their relationship with God in the church? Do they start doubting, do you think, because they're thinking, oh, we're going to be fine because we have God?
7: Well, I I will say this. I have heard, well, I've heard this from many young couples uh, where their faith is being tested. They're wondering why is this happening. You know, we we prayed, we did the rosary, we did all these things, and now we're fighting. And now, the, and so they're they're a little shaken. They're wondering what happened. They feel, first of all, I think a lot of them just feel shame. They feel like I, you know, oh my goodness, I, I'm so embarrassed. You know our marriages are are struggling like like nobody else's are, and, and I just want to tell them, no, we all struggle. <laughs> you know, like you shared your story in our book, mm-hmm. you share our difficulties and struggles as well, uh and we, that's part of what we want to do. Beth and I wanted to be very vulnerable and say, "Look, you know yeah, Dr. Shree he teaches theology of the body, he's been involved in marriage prep programs, and they really struggled, like that's normal, and, uh, and you know, and so part of it is we want to lift the shame and not let them you know fall into that despair. But we do see sometimes their faith shaken. You know, this, this is something where they, they go in thinking, well, wow, we, we study theology of the body and we're, we're living the church's teachings. Why is it so hard? It, I, I think they need to be assured that, you no, know, no, it's supposed to be really hard. Right. And you're going to have these moments. This is what God is doing, working on your heart to take your love to the next level.
1: And I think oftentimes we forget the struggle of the saints, that even some of the most holy people holy people in the world, and whether it's Padre Pio, Teresa of Avila, or others, had real struggles, even after they were very, very close to the Lord, and I mean, they're still growing, and they they talk about their growth, all the great saints, but it's not like all of a sudden it was a walk in the park, right? Oops, break time. Okay, hang on. We'll pick up on that point when we come back. The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life, published by Ascension Press and written by our friend Dr. Edward Tree. You know him well from his great work with Focus, the Augustine Institute, and EWTN. He co-wrote this with his lovely bride, Beth. We'll be right back.
0: All are invited to join in helping to make reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and advancement of the culture of life through Eucharistic Adoration every First Friday at Modern Day Parish in Irving. The next All Night Adoration takes place from Friday, December 2nd through Saturday, December 3rd until 8 a.m. The event begins with a Sacred Devotion on Friday, December 2nd, followed by Mass, Exposition, All Night Adoration, Confessions, and Benediction.
1: Do you need a new branding strategy that allows you to educate and engage with your local community while building trust and credibility? Decided Excellence Catholic Media offers a very unique branding platform which showcases you as the expert in your industry. Our exclusive publications are open, read, kept, and shared with thousands of readers in communities throughout Texas and nationwide. To learn more about our powerful branding solutions, please contact Doreen Chaney at at com. That's D-C-H-A-N-A-Y at decidedexcellence.com.
8: Are you looking for a way to get your family into the Advent season? The Holy Trinity Seminary, Schola Cantorum, has the thing for you. On Sunday, December 4th, they will be having a festival of lessons and carols at 6.30 p.m. at the seminary with a reception to follow. It will be a beautiful evening of scripture and singing. For more information on this event, call 972-815-2422. That's 972-815-2422.
0: In a post-pandemic world, it is sometimes hard to know what to do or where to go, especially when it comes to your dental health. I'm Dr. Kyle Eberline, a parishioner at Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville and a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I understand the challenges today regarding your dental health. If you're in need of help or advice about your situation, you can find us at midcitiesdental.com. We have offices in Hearst and in Bedford.
1: So I love the cover of this book because the word messy, the two S's are spelled out with socks. And when I saw the cover, I immediately thought of my grandmother, Anna, Anna Tamayo, who told me on my wedding day, she was in Jersey City and she was too ill to come to the wedding, bless her heart. She struggled greatly with arthritis and she said, Teresa, let me tell you, it's not all peaches and cream, you know, he's going to drive you crazy. It's going to be dirty socks and on and on and on. She said, and, oh, boy, but uh, my uh, grandmother and my uh, grandfather, Pasquale, had a beautiful marriage and remained very much in love uh, their entire married life. But, uh, Ted, I have to say, I know you're you're part Italian, and so the minute I saw that word, messy with the socks, I thought of my one of my Italian grandmas, so well done <laughs> in terms of the cover. Something about the, the, the very strong ethnic people, the many of whom, of course, emigrated here to the United States, they just cut right to the chase, you know what I mean?
7: Yeah, you know, when you just when you said that, it reminded me of my Italian grandmother, who's still alive, living with my folks in the Chicago area, 97 years old. Bless Four her heart, bonini, You know, and she sees us, and like we have eight kids, and so when she we come and we visit, you know, she she just goes, "Daddy, all these kids, it's really hard. It's hard to raise a family."
1: <laughs> and she
7: just, but she's honest, right? And like this is, you know, this is the hard work. Um, and, but yet it's the hard labor of love. That's, that's mm-hmm. the beautiful of it. And she, and she then goes on and on about how beautiful this is, you know? But it's hard. And I think the most beautiful things in life, you think about Michelangelo. I know you lead the pilgrimages to Rome, right? And you show people the Sistine Chapel. That wasn't just like, you know, oh, let me just do some little paintings. That
1: was really <laughs> hard work to make. Bada boom, happen. bada bing, we're done, right? Yeah.
7: <laughs> so the same thing is, if we want to make beautiful art, beautiful masterpieces with our marriage, with our family life, it is a lot of hard work and going through the messy <laughs> to get to the beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great title of the book. Again, we're talking with Dr. Edward Shree, new book co-written with his wife Beth, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life, published by Ascension. Yeah, you know, I think this would be a great book for engaged couples, but I also think it would be a nice book for someone celebrating an anniversary. What do you think?
7: Well, that's actually, I'll tell you, we wrote the book primarily for that audience, people that are married a number of years. You know, there may be five, 10, 15 years in their marriage. That's who we were thinking of. Now we have questions for, for, engage, for engaged couples as well at the end of every chapter, because people said that this, you know, they're very interested to know what does marriage really look like? So a lot of the young couples wanted to get a picture of it. But I'll tell you, I've had many young couples in focus and reading the book and I tell them, you know, they're engaged, they're getting ready for marriage. They go, this is awesome. Just read this three years into your marriage, go back. Mm-hmm. Because once you're in it, that's like we said earlier, that's when you've got all the questions. That's when you're facing all those things that your grandma was talking about. He's going to drive you nuts. He's going to leave the right. socks all over right. you. know, like, that's when you need the help the most. And so, yes, it gives you a preparation. It can kind of, you know, you know give you a vision of what married life might be like in the realities of it all. But I think it's those couples that have been married 5, 10, 15, 20 years. That's who we were thinking of the most. And I'll tell you, those are the emails we're getting the most from people who have read it and say,
1: wow.
7: yep, this is really speaking to where I am right now. I needed to hear this. I was starting to get discouraged or I, I needed this help You know, to, to communicate better to my husband or whatever it is. That's what we're hearing. It's the people that are married already.
1: Yeah. And getting back to the question that I asked going into the break, sorry, I forgot about the time uh, the time constraints, but it, it, it's frustrating for people who go into the marriage with a really strong faith sometimes because they think, well, wait a minute, we're doing this correctly. We're following the church teaching. We're praying together. We've studied theology of the body. Why are we having issues?
7: What I want to say to them is to remind them that God is taking your love on a journey. And I, I think we forget this. I think it's like, hey, oh, God brought us together. We're in love. And now we're married. Boom. Okay. And then it's just there. You got this static love. It's just there. But it's, it's more like this. God's love, God is taking your love on this, this adventure. It, it's a, there's a starting point. There's that initial love that's really good, but he's, he's, he wants to bring it to a deeper level. I think I might have shared this when I was on a, a, a while ago with you, Teresa, about the analogy of the wedding Cana, that the initial line that was there Cana was good. I know loved it, but it ran out. It, it, it couldn't go the distance. And so Jesus steps into that lack, that, that lack of wine, and, and then he creates the, the abundant wine, the good wine that, that, mm-hmm. that lasts forever, right? And, and, and that's the analogy Pope Benedict uses to describe the transformation of love that God wants to take our marriage on, that there's the initial wine, the initial love that brought us together. We're falling in love, we want to be together all the time. It's powerful, emotional, sexual attraction, all these things, and that's great. But then over time, that, that, that won't last. And there are going to be these moments where we feel, I can't give anymore. I, I, or I feel like it's just not, I, I'm falling short, and I, I, I'm longing for something more, and it, it doesn't last. And those are, the, those are actually the most powerful moments of growth, where Jesus wants to step into our poverty, into that lack, and, and he wants to create an a even greater love, the good wine of marriage, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we forget this. And so I always tell couples, like when, when Beth and I have been doing these marriage enrichment retreats and conferences, we, we tell the couples, okay, where are you at right now? Is, is Okay, that, that's good to know, but where does God want to take your love next? How is God inviting you right now to love each other better, to forgive more? How is he inviting you to just be patient more and, and overlook certain things? How is he inviting you to be more generous, to be thinking about the other person? How is he inviting your love to grow? That's the question we always want to ask in our marriage. And I think a lot of couples, they're like, oh, we're struggling, we're fighting, we're not communicating, I don't feel fulfilled, and and, but they're not asking the question of what's what's the next step that God is inviting me to change, to help me to love better, to become more like Jesus. Because that's that's real sanctification. But when we say that you know, marriage is meant to sanctify us, help us to right. grow in holiness, it's not just, oh, I pray for my wife and I make sacrifices for her. It's also just, like, in the nitty-gritty stuff of daily married life, yep. Jesus is inviting me to encounter him in my beloved and love more like he does. Right. He loved Absolutely. us in our imperfection on Good Friday. So many imperfections and sins. How am I being invited to love my spouse who is amazing but is not God, <laughs> is not right. perfect, is not the Blessed Virgin Mary? I'm being called to love like Jesus loves in those moments.
1: I was getting to the point of the saints before the break as well. As we forget that even the saints who had great, such great faith, they went through trials their entire lives, and you know they were frustrated. And of course, my, my favorite Saint Teresa of Avila. If this is the way you treat your friends. No wonder you have no few, so few. But that didn't push her away from God. She drew closer to Him through that.
7: Oh, beautiful analogy! And I'll go to her uh, spiritual brother, Saint John of the Cross. The cross,
1: right? Uh, mm-hmm. On
7: this one, right? John of the Cross. I've been reading a lot of him recently, and this is a big point he makes about the spiritual life, which is so applicable to marriage. Right. Uh, in fact, he talked about God and Jesus as his bride, you know, bridegroom, and you know, so the, he says the beginners are growing in the spiritual life. You know, they're they're filled with all these delights, these consolations. They like going to prayer. They like going to you know, he wouldn't have this in his day, but, you know, prayer meetings and Bible studies and, you know, they like doing spiritual things. But God uses that to, like, draw the soul initially closer to him to start develop the habits of prayers. It's like he's giving, like, little sweetness, little candies, you know, to kind of draw you in. But then what he does is he takes away all the sweetness. Mm -hmm. And and in, in the spiritual life we can panic and think, oh, prayer is boring, I'm too distracted, or I don't like praying anymore, what's happening, and, you know, maybe I just shouldn't Pray anymore, and God, God says that in John of the Cross and all the saints that that's the moment where our love is being tested. Right? Am I coming to prayer for what I get out of it, for those mm-hmm. feelings, for those insights, or am I going to come just to be faithful, even if I feel I'm not getting anything out of it? Does that apply to marriage? You know, right. am I coming to my, you know my spouse just because oh she makes me feel good and she's good looking and I like you know being spending time with her? You know, or, or am I actually going to be there? even when I don't have the feelings. Because that's real love. (laughs) It's not about feelings. It's a commitment to the other person.
1: Amen. Wrapping up one more segment with Dr. Edward Shree, his book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful. It is all about taking a look at the joys and struggles of real married life, co-written with his wife, Beth Shree, and published by our friends at Ascension. And we'll have the details and how you can get the book, of course, on our archive section, but also Tebba Fulson when we come back.
6: St. Patrick Catholic Parish in Dallas invites all KTH 910 AM listeners to their Traveling to Christmas with Mary and Joseph event at the parish on Saturday, December 3rd. The day begins with Mass at 8 AM, followed by a presentation by guest speaker Chris Mueller, a member of the ministry team from Steubenville Youth Conferences. He's the president and founder of Everyday Catholic and the host of the Everyday Catholic Show on EWTN-TV. For information, visit the parish website stpatrickdallas.org.
7: Victory Investment Strategies is a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They pray for continued
4: blessing on all who make Catholic radio possible in North Texas. The unique programming is vital to our daily lives. Victory Investment Strategies is a full-service investment firm owned by Joel and Elizabeth Victory, members of St. Patrick Cathedral in Fort Worth. They offer a variety of products and will custom-fit a plan for your individual needs. 800-810-6800.
7: 800-810-6800. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.
8: The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to announce a new KTH radio ambassador program. We all know the DFW Metropolis has been one of the fastest growing metropolitan areas in the United States. There are many that need to be introduced and reintroduced to their local Catholic radio station, KATH. If you've ever thought about ways to volunteer for the GRN and be a part of the wonderful means of evangelization, this is a great opportunity. If you're interested and would like more information, please email us at kath at grnonline.com. The
6: Advent and Christmas seasons are approaching and Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel wants to help you make it a prayerful and spiritual time. You can find books and resources to fill your Advent with a sense of holy anticipation and they have Christmas gifts for your loved ones including rosaries and religious jewelry, music, artwork, nativity sets, stocking stuffers, and more. Little Angels is a longtime sponsor of the GRN. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, just west of St. Anne Parish. They can be reached at 972-304-5200.
1: No marriage is perfect, and neither is the marriage of our guest, Edward and Beth Shree. The book is packed. Their book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, packed with hilarious and relatable stories on their 20-plus years of marriage. The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful going into the nitty-gritty, explaining what to do when reality hits and when rubber meets the road. I love that introduction. And Dr. Shree is with us. And again, the title of the book published by Ascension Press is The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. So Ted, you're pretty honest in this and you talk about, uh, the, you're, you're very vulnerable and open, what you and Beth went through. And so tell us about healing and how that occurred in your marriage and what needed to be healed.
7: Yeah, you know, my wife, she has this wonderful analogy that describes, like, what happens in marriage and, and what happened in our own marriage. And she talks about bone broth. I don't know if you know what bone broth is. Mm-hmm. but yeah. it, It's like this new in food, you know, and you, you take the bones of the cow and, and you're, you're boiling them for 24 or 48 hours. And, and, and in that process, there's all these amazing nutrients and vitamins that come out of the bones. You know, It takes a long time, but it's drawing out all the good stuff. But in the, in the process... It also draws out all of the the bad stuff, the the scum, <laughs> you know, rises to the surface, and you have to scrape off the scum at the top. And my wife says, that's marriage! <laughs> marriage is drawing all the good out of you, but it's also bringing to the surface all the scum, all the things that, that God wants to work on in your life, your sins, your weaknesses, but also your, your hurts from your past. These things come up, you know, and, and, and so... That is, We have a whole chapter on how our upbringing affects us more than than, than we expect. Um, we often will say, oh, yeah, I had a difficult upbringing, or, you know, I, I struggled, or I had these you know, traumatic experiences, but it's okay. I went to counseling a long time ago when I was in high school. I'm all fine. Uh-uh. <laughs> these right. things, we see this over and over again. God is bringing things to our attention, and that was the case in our lives. So if my my wife would tell the story so much better, but she, she grew up uh, in a home where there was divorce, And that affected her, you know. And and she went to counseling early on in our marriage, you know, and it was really good and it was helpful. But I would say it was more like 15 years into our marriage that there was a much deeper level of of challenge and difficulty. And she started noticing, like, you know, as she's trying to raise our family, just the way she would react and different, uh, she'd be, you know, more hurt by things and little, uh, it just wasn't functioning as well. Uh, as she used to. And there were some things that had happened that year. Uh, and God was really bringing it to her attention. And a friend of hers just says, You know what? I, I think you need to go back to counseling. I, I think you still haven't really dealt with the impact of growing up in, in this broken home. Mm. And, and she didn't want to hear that, but I'll tell you, she started going to counseling and it was hard. And, you know, and that, and that probably was a couple year period where our marriage, it was just like, my wife, I, I wanted to support her. You know, I didn't know how to support her. She's going through and like processing the depths of, you know, all that had happened from her childhood and, uh, and, you know, trying to find the healing with Christ. But she's also realizing there's things in our relationship that needed to change because there's certain things that I would do thinking it was normal and nice. And, and, but yet because of her past, uh-huh. I was unintentionally doing things that hurt her. You know, it was like uh, unintentionally poking at a wound. You know, I remember holding my wife's hand. We're going for a walk once. And she kept letting go of her, of the hand. I go, why? Why did you want me to hold your hand, honey? <laughs> I was kind of hurt by that. She goes, oh, I, I hurt my wrist today, and it just hurts. I was like, oh, okay. I don't want to hold your hand now, you know, because I don't want to hurt your wrist more. And and there were many hurts in my wife that I unintentionally like was poking at. I didn't realize were there, mm-hmm. and so it was a. I had to change the ways I was relating to her to be more sensitive to just how she would receive it. I started going to the counselor with her to learn, because I, I was, like, helpless. I was like, I want to help my wife, but I don't know how. It, could you coach me? And and it yeah. was awesome, because <laughs> she helped me understand better where my wife was coming from, what my wife needed. And, uh, and I will say, that process, it was a few years of real deep you know, counseling and prayer together, prayer in the chapel. My wife, the beautiful woman that I married 23 years ago, has just blossomed even more. She's so free and confident. And it was really good. If she were here, she would just be saying, there's no shame in counseling. If you have struggles from your past, and everybody does, we all have something yep. that's going mm-hmm. to rise to the surface. Some is worse than what my wife went through. Some is a lot less than what my wife goes through. But we all have our stuff. That's a normal part of marriage, of God working with us. And, and if we don't go and find that healing in him, then it, it prevents us from able us being able to give ourselves more fully in our married lives.
1: Isn't it amazing though, Ted? And and I was guilty of this. Both of us, me and Dom, when we got married. I think most married couples are because you know we're in love, and even if we're faithful, we think you know we're just going to be fine. We're not going to have any major issues, and if we do, we can certainly overcome them on our own, and obviously with, through prayer that we don't need any assistance. And you think about just the daily struggles and what goes on in people's lives, and as you mentioned, the struggles. For example, we both have stuff from our past, and maybe from our you know, our family relationships and whatnot, and the way we were we're raised. And yet we think we can just go through just maybe six weeks or, you know, a few weeks of marriage prep and off to the races and nothing afterward. And yet when it comes to taking care of our health, when it comes to having other goals, getting that advanced education, we work at it, we schedule, we, we struggle with this, and we, we ask the advice of other people. And yet marriage, we think, ah, we got this.
7: You know, that's what I want to say to everyone listening here. Those that are married, you've been married a year or, or, or many decades. That what is God inviting you right now Mm -hmm. to take your marriage, you know, to the next level? You and I talked about this before, that, you know, we do things in our professional lives, to get ongoing training, you know, more formation, you know. Right. We don't do this, we don't take care of what matters the most in in our vocation. Like, what are we doing to get a tune-up on our vocation? What are we doing to get more training in our vocation? This matters more than our career, and yet we just think, oh, well, I'll just kind of just go along and do it, you know, and it'll somehow work out. You know, I think we have to give much more priority to enriching our marriages. You know, and so that's why we wanted to write this book. Is something that, you know, a couple that wants to take their marriage seriously. They don't want to just go through the motions. They don't want to just have a mediocre Catholic marriage. They want to experience God's love deeply in their marriage. They want to take their marriage to the next level. They want to grow in sanctity. We wanted to write a book that would be accessible to everybody, meeting them where they're at in the basic little struggles we all have, and, and and bring the Catholic tradition to bear to bring your marriage to that next step. I, I think that's so essential today. And too often, to your point, Teresa, people think, well, no, we could just, you know, we'll just do this on our own. Yeah, we pray right. together, and that's enough. You know, no, no, we need help. We, we, need, we need to be constantly forming ourselves in the Church's vision for married life. We need to be constantly turning to the sacraments. We might need to find other married couples that can accompany us to help us, you know, to be in fellowship with others. Maybe we need spiritual direction, a priest to help us. Maybe we need counseling, like I just talked about here. But we all need help to get to that next level. And I think, sadly, so many Orthodox Catholics spend a lot of time you know, at Catholic conferences and reading about yep.
1: apologetics,
7: and, and that's great, but they're not taking care of their marriage.
1: Yep. You sound like Julia Greg Alexander. They say that all the time with their marriage ministry, the Alexander House. They say they have very faithful couples, even diaconic couples. I was chatting with you about the break that are very faithful, very orthodox, you know, living out the faith correctly according to church teaching, and they love the Lord, they love the church, but they're doing they're living like Marriage Encounter calls Married Singles because they're doing all these quote-unquote faith activities away from the home, and some of those are good because we need our own, our own space, and maybe you have your women's Bible study or your men's Bible study. That's great because you need that, that bonding, but not taking time to go through those different experiences faith, faith-wise with your spouse.
7: Amen. I think one of the great ways to examine your conscience is if you have a men's group, a women's group, or you do something in ministry, you're volunteering at the parish, that's good. But is it enrich, is it making your marriage better? Like, you know, like my wife, it's awesome. She's involved in, like, a couple different small group things. But then she comes back so enriched to give more to our kids, to give more to me. Then she talks to me about, like, what she's learning and what they're, you know, she has questions. So it's like, it's it's something that's uniting us, but I can see many other couples where they're frantically running around doing all these things, and it's actually becoming a source of tension for their marriage and tension for their kids. They're not present to their children. They're not present to each other. They're doing amazing Catholic things, but it's actually dividing them,
1: you know?
7: So I think an examination is asked, is this, and, and to ask your spouse, I think this would be a great question, honey... That when, I, when I go to my men's group, do, do you find that this is good for our marriage? When I'm doing all this activity in the church, is this strengthening our union together? Mm-hmm. Are we growing in friendship through this? Be honest <laughs> and go to your spouse and ask. And be ready. Be ready for your spouse to say, I think they're doing too much. And if, you're, if you are too attached to those great Catholic activities that you're doing and all the online things you're doing, whatever it is, and, and you can't give up, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm just on Instagram all the time following all these, you know, Catholic moms. And you can't give that up because your spouse is asking you to. That's a sign that you've that, that you got an attachment that's dividing your marriage.
1: Yep. And
7: so I think that's a great way to just be honest and listen to the voice of your spouse uh, and be willing to, to hear the hard thing you don't want to hear.
1: And before we wrap up, I think just to remind just people how important a sense of humor is, and I mean a healthy sense of humor. Right? One of the things that Deacon Dom and I say when we give our testimony is that that God has a sense of humor because we, I think he put us together at times for a mere form of entertainment for himself because we're so different. I mean, we're just complete opposites. But over the years, you know, 39 years, you learn a few things, hopefully, and our differences balance each other out so well.
7: Yeah, it, we have to have a great sense of humor in the midst of all this. You know, it's funny, I just say, and this is just as our marriage has grown, we laugh at each other more about our foibles and our yep. hopes. Like, just, just the other night, I did something, I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I, I didn't respond well, and I, I think I hurt my wife's feelings. And, you know, was a little, I was frustrated about something, but I came upstairs, and I apologized, but I, I, it wasn't like the best, it was, a, it was an apology, but it wasn't the best apology, and my wife just mocked me. She just imitated my apology. Is that your apology? And she says it with a smile, you know. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, honey. I'm really sorry. No, no, I I was wrong. I shouldn't. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, we resolved it, but it was like with a little bit of humor. We're laughing about, like, you know, okay, that wasn't a good enough apology. And she's mocking me. It was kind of funny. So uh, I think when you can reach that point in a marriage, we can actually joke with each other about <laughs>
1: about each right, other. Right, like Fonzie, people. I was r- 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 wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're really showing our age here. Fonzie and uh, the Barones, we've talked about two sitcoms so far. But, yeah, I think the sense of humor and in and a, and a healthy sense of humor, not where you're making fun of the other person, but when you can be self-deprecating. I laugh at myself all the time because my way of thinking is so different. Dominic is an engineer. He's very linear. I am not a linear thinker. I'm kind of like Isadora Duncan all over the place, you know, freestyle dancing. And I will be thinking about something, and I will just start talking about it. Dominic will look at me. and He's like, what? <laughs> like, I'm thinking he's having the conversation with me. In my head, I'm talking about something. And then I just come out and start talking about it. He goes, okay, wait a minute. And he'll do, like, the imitation of changing gears on a car. Vroom, vroom. Okay, we're first gear, and now we're going to the second gear. Exactly. Okay.
7: Yeah, that's the great thing. Yeah, we never want. It's like, always respectful. In fact, when my wife did that, I used the word mocking me. I want to make sure listeners know it wasn't in a disrespect. It was a. No, it was a, a fun way. Joke together all the time like this, you know. And I think that's when you have got the trust, the fundamental trust with each other. You know that we're we're each looking out for each other. It's not like I wait. You know, my my wife wakes up on Tuesday morning and thinks, "How can it really frustrate Ted today?" You know, she knows <laughs> I'm not trying to do that to her. You know, like when there's a fundamental trust and we're, <laughs> we're going to make mistakes, we're going to hurt each other, let each other down, you, then it creates a freedom where you can laugh about these things. With
1: right. Each other.
7: And I think that's a, a great sign of a really healthy marriage.
1: Yeah. I love, I love to do fun things like um, when, I, when I leave and go on a, a speaking engagement and stuff, it's always hard for me because as much as I love my work, getting back to what you did, what you just said, it's difficult for me to leave, uh, Dominic. I just, I just don't like being away from him. And now that he's retired, he's able to travel with me a little bit more. But I always leave crazy messages on the mirror and big hearts. And sometimes he says he hasn't seen them yet. He'll wake up in the morning and he'll go, ah! <laughs> <I love this. laughs> Big heart and red lipstick on the mirror or something else crazy. But, but that's a good thing. Gosh, Ted, what a great discussion. Thanks for coming back on with us. There's so much to, to draw from this beautiful book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Rear Married Life. I would think this could be a nice um, marriage enrichment program using the book as a basis for it. What do you think?
7: Absolutely. And there's videos we have that Ascension uh, presents as well that could go along with it. So absolutely. I think, you know, when we're moving to the Christmas season, maybe this is a great way to enrich your marriage or the marriage of someone you love.
1: What a great present. Uh, Get the book, check it out, Ascension Press, The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful. Also the videos co-written by our guest, Edward, of course, and his beautiful wife, Beth. We'll be right back, wrapping up a beautiful interview with Ted.
6: When you see the world with Catholic eyes, you see God's hand at work in human history. You see the true, the good, and the beautiful. With a Master's of Arts in Catholic Studies from Franciscan University of Steubenville, you see the world as it truly is. This online program helps you see art, literature, theology, psychology, and more as occasions for grace. Find out more about the Masters in Catholic Studies at franciscan.edu/mcs. That's franciscan.edu/mcs.
0: This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Avi Maria Radio for almost 20 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company, and has sent millions of dollars to thousands of pro-life charities. 5G coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. Live chat and a video introduction are available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica and we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. You remember what our Lord said when they why do you call me good? He said. Only God
4: is good. Only God. EWTN Live Truth. Live Catholic. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
1: I hope you know how much we appreciate your listenership here at the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, as well as the Ave Maria Radio Network. And we always say we are all about the resources. So just remember, anything you hear daily on this show, you can check out. You can go to, for example, the EWTM Religious Catalog through EWTN.com. You may also go to the archive section of Catholic Connection at AveMariaRadio.net. And all the resources are there for you. This is also a great way, by the way, to witness. Sometimes if you're challenged by a friend or a loved one on a particular topic and you hear us talking about an issue, right, that has come up, especially, right, over the holidays or a special occasion, you can go to or tell your friend or family member with whom you're discussing something to go to one of these sites and to listen to a program, or you can send them to the link to the program and they could hear it for themselves. That's why we call Catholic Radio part of being a member of the shy evangelist family, right? Because we do the evangelization for you, and you can pass it on. We'll talk to you in the next edition of Catholic Connection. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to
8: Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruczek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.
4: The splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
8: This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of the Catholic Current, where we bring
7: Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. The
6: Advent and Christmas seasons are approaching and Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel wants to help you make it a prayerful and spiritual time. You can find books and resources to fill your Advent with a sense of holy anticipation and they have Christmas gifts for your loved ones including rosaries and religious jewelry, music, artwork, nativity sets, stocking stuffers, and more. Little Angels is a longtime sponsor of the GRN. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, just west of St. Anne Parish. They can be reached at 972-304-5200.
3: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.